Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I was a little late turning my mic on, so that was my fault. Sorry about that. Great to see everybody here today. Thank you so much for taking time to come. You know, in a very real way, the day after, the Sunday after Labor Day weekend is really the kickoff of the brand new ministry year for our church. Uh, and probably is for your family in many ways too. School started, football has begun, uh, and all sorts of things are happening. And, uh, you know, we're moving into high gear. So I want to talk about that a little bit here today. But first of all, I want to just say welcome, everybody. And I want to give a special welcome to all of our guests. Maybe you can come in once or twice or three times. I would sure love to meet you personally. I'll be out in the lobby for a few moments before I head to our small group uh, leader rally here today. But uh, uh, shoot me an email. Our all emails are on the, uh, the website. I'd love to get better acquainted with you. Got to meet some new friends here this morning and really, really appreciate doing that. You know, there are two important people here at this church, just two. First, Jesus Christ. Can I hear a big amen to that? Our Lord and Savior and our King, our Master, our soon coming King, number one, far and above. And the second most important person is you. That's right, you. And this church is all about trying to help you become the person God wants you to become. And so I want to challenge you here today to, to think about some things that God is saying to you. How does he want to grow you and help you become the person that he wants you to be. I'm going to outline a few things that I think might encourage you. Uh, we're in the middle of this uh, One More series, and we're talking about reaching one more and serving one more and encouraging one more. And uh, I just want to remind you that uh, we have Friend Day coming up on October the 1st. How's it going? Have you invited someone yet? Make sure you reach out and invite someone. I talked to a lady this morning that said, I've got three people coming with me to church on October 1st, Friend Day. I said, wow, let me get your picture. You are the poster child for Friend Day here at BCA. That is absolutely outstanding. Listen, I want to encourage all of us to invite at least one person. Whether they come or not is really up to them and the Lord. But uh, we can do the inviting. So I want to encourage you to get on the phone, shoot an email, send a text, visit somebody and say, hey, would you come with me? Everybody in attendance is going to get a brand new study guide that I put together. Uh, all of our small groups will be using those starting October 1 going forward. And we have that as a special gift for everybody who's in attendance. We also want to serve one more. Next Sunday is a Ministry Sunday at BCA. The entire lobby is going to be decked out as a ministry fair. There will be many, many uh, booths that you can drop by and learn more about ministry. Uh, if you're not plugged in, we want to invite you to plug in starting next Sunday. Uh, you can even go online to our volunteer page and kind of study all the opportunities right now. And then encourage one more. Encourage one more. Last week we introduced it. Today I'm going to end the sermon by going back to that. But the whole idea is gathering together in community, in small groups, doing life together, supporting, encouraging one another, and being a blessing. Today we meet with all of our small group leaders, and then uh, on October 1st we kick off uh, just a, a great number of small groups throughout our church. I hope you're making plans to either be a part of beginning one, hosting one, or joining one. It's a great way to grow, grow, and grow. Uh, today is Vision Sunday, as I mentioned, and the beginning of a brand new ministry year. And I want to have you think about three special things here today. I want you to think about vision. What does God want to accomplish in and through your life this fall? I want you to focus on this fall, and I want you to make it uh, personal. I'm going to talk about some vision for our church, uh, but I'm also going to encourage you to personalize it. What does God want you to do in and through you this fall? Don't put it off. Don't uh, say, well, this is for somebody else. What is God saying to you? What does God want you to do in your life? The second thing is I want you to think transformation. Where and how does God want you to grow? 
In what areas of your life does God want you to step up, grow up, change, be transformed, be further discipled, become a better follower, live, love, and lead like Jesus just a little bit more? Where do you need to grow? And the last thing I want us to think about as we come to the end of the message is think encouragement. Who is that one person God is calling you to encourage? Who's that one person that you want to enter into their life and be an encouragement and be a blessing? I want us to think about those three things here today. Let's think about vision first of all. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. You say, that sounds like pastor talk. Well, it's actually Bible talk. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for each one of us. Don't minimize it. Maximize it. Say, God, I'm all about it. I want to be about what you have for me. I want to jump in with both feet, with all of my being. I want to be about what you're about. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We live for him every day and every way. How can we marshal all of our uh, skills, talents, abilities, blessings that he's given us to bless other people and bless God these next few months? Today is a great opportunity for us to think as a church family also about vision. I've shared what I'm about to share with you with our deacons, with our, uh, our leadership team and staff, and I want to now share some of these things with you. You know, the reality is that numbers really matter. Numbers matter a lot. The number 25,550 matters because that's about the average length of life uh, for most people, about 70 years of age. Um, 25,550 days. The number zero is important, especially when you look at your bank account and it's zero. How many know what I'm talking about? The number you see when you step on the scale matters. Rob, you could have gone all morning without talking about that. How many feel my pain? Uh, the number that you see on your car speedometer when that red light is coming behind you, that really matters. Uh, those numbers at school when you take a test or when you, uh, uh, you know, do the uh, standardized test scores, those numbers matter. Birthday numbers, anniversary numbers, other milestone numbers always really matter. We celebrate numbers all the time. The Bible has a book called Numbers. There's important numbers in the Bible, like 3 and 40 and 120 and 300 and so forth. Uh, we have a saying around here that we count people because people count, right? And so numbers are really, really important because they represent people, individuals, individual stories. The number 40 is a really big number in the Bible. And God seemed to always use it when he was up to something in a person's life. And I want you to think about it as I share a few of those examples in just a moment. But I want you to think about the next 40 days and maybe the next 40 days after that as we move from uh, September all the way to the end of the year, kind of in 40-day chunks. Noah's life was transformed by 40 days of rain. Moses was transformed by 40 days on Mount Sinai. The spies were transformed by 40 days in the Promised Land. David was transformed by Goliath's 40-day challenge. Elijah was transformed when God gave him 40 days of strength for a single meal. The entire city of Nineveh was transformed when God gave the people 40 days to change. Jesus was empowered 40 days in the wilderness. And the disciples were transformed by 40 days with Jesus after his resurrection. 
I want us to use this number 40 to kind of galvanize our thoughts uh, for just a moment here this morning. Now, I just turned 40. I wondered how long it would take you to laugh, and it took you no time at all. Uh, That's wishful thinking on my part. Uh, Actually, uh, I just celebrated 40 years at BCA. That's the 40 I meant to say. That's the 40 I meant to say. Uh, I wished I was just 40. I wish I had all that time left to give, but, uh, you know, that's not the case. Uh, Another 40 number. I just lost 40 pounds. No, no, no. That's what I want to do. That's wishful thinking, too. You know, numbers are more than wishful thinking. That's the point I'm trying to make. They're prayer goals. They're they're faith goals. They're things we say, God, I'm all in. Count on me. I want to be used of you to be a blessing. And and here's what I feel you've laid on my heart. I'm going to step out in this way. Think of the number 40 for a moment. I want you to think about our church family. One of our uh, goals is that we add 40 new families in what we call the three I and the four I category in our church. Now, you never really heard me talk about this, but um, you know, as new people come to our church, you know, they're immediately added to our database and uh, they're a one I, and maybe that's you today, and uh, we're just so happy that you've come, and, but we would like to get acquainted, and, uh, and, and that's what two I is all about, is to get together and help you investigate the church, see what you're interested in, and then see how we can help you kind of move forward in that way. You know, a three I is when somebody joins a class or joins a ministry or joins a group and is starting to get involved, and then a four I is when people are plugged in and boom, they're on their way. Uh, we want to do everything we possibly can to help uh, make it easier for people to enter the community and the life of BCA. And that's why that we use that little formula. You know, we're on our way, but we have a ways to go to hit that 40 number. We also want to, uh, uh, wanted to build 40 small groups by this fall. We've been working at it all summer, and it didn't look like it was going to happen. didn't look like it was going to happen. But I'm happy to tell you we've already hit it. Let's put our hands together and celebrate that. 40 groups and opportunities for people to plug in. 15 study groups or classes, 20 home groups, seven support recovery groups, three or four activity groups, and so forth. Over 40, probably should have made that 50 as a goal, but we're really excited about that. These are opportunities for you to step in, to grow with other like-minded Christ followers and become the person God wants you to be. Uh, 40 new volunteers on ramped and serving on a regular, regular basis. We're well on our way, and we're looking forward to hitting that number Maybe you're new to the church and you're wondering if there's a place for you. The answer is yes! We want to help you find your place of service, find your fit. Uh, We want to grow to 40. Uh, First impression, ninja warriors. How do you like that? Ninja warriors. Uh, People that just are uh, uh, sharing extravagant hospitality and kindness and welcome. You saw the incredible people out there in the parking lots today, and others are uh, here at the door and on the patio, and and we just want to greet everybody, both at the chapel, here in the front. We want people to know we're just so happy to see them. Uh, We want 40 people serving in kids' ministries. You know, we're uh, a ways away from that, but we'd really, really like to enlarge our numbers and have uh, many people involved in leading, assisting, and supporting in any way we can. You know, kids' ministry is on the grow here at BCA. We want it to be one of the greatest things we do. How many know it's important to help people find Jesus at the earliest possible age and never, ever quit? Anybody agree with me out there? And so whether it be children, whether it be youth, uh, we really want to work overtime. So maybe God will call you to step up. By the way, all ages are welcome. 
Those of you in traditions, you might think you put in your time, you gave it the office. <laughs> we don't need you anymore. We need you. We got opportunities for everybody to serve in kids' ministries, and some of you are, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Did I say thank you? Thank you. Uh, there are a few financial goals and dreams that we have for the fall, and you'll see those on the next slide. The Bethany Compassion Center that you just heard John talk about, just so, so instrumental to what we do as a downtown church, reaching out and showing the love of God, not just talking about it. And uh, we really need to raise, uh, between now and the end of the year, an additional 40000 to uh, what is already coming in, just because the need is so great. It's not becoming less, folks, right? Uh, it's becoming more and more. The needs are becoming more and more. And I know there's only so much we can do, but it's my responsibility, I feel, to share with you the opportunity and for you just to pray about it. We also uh, uh, haven't talked about believing, building, and belonging for a long time at our church. That's our facility uh, stewardship uh, fund. And that's where we, uh, through the years, have raised money to build the worship center, the chapel, the children's center, all those wonderful things. Well, now that all of that is built, we want to do our very best to be great stewards of God's work. Amen? And so we've got some projects, and we've been saving, 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 but we need about another $40,000. We want to redo the parking lot. Uh, that's going to take about eighty grand. we have got HVAC units that we're picking away at every single year. Uh, just did a new fence out back and uh, new landscaping, and then we want to come inside and work our way around the building. We want to be very, very good caretakers of the Lord's facility. So in addition to the Levite ministry that you hear me talk about, inviting people to serve uh, on the Deep Clean organization, facility care program as a volunteer. We also want to raise some money to address some of these needs and kind of keep ahead of it. So uh, uh, maybe God will lay that on your heart. I know there are people in our church that have a real heart to give toward BBB. They just really believe in taking good care of God's temple. So I'm excited to let you know we're really getting serious about that. And then we need to raise $40,000 for our global church partnerships. As you know, we uh, uh, have celebrated 10 years of global church partnerships here at BCA, where we partner with another part of the world to do God's work. A missionary who's the boots on the ground, who uh, uh, connects us to a local pastor, and we work with that local church to the best of our ability to send teams, to send resources. And uh, we have a big vision for what we'd like to do here over this next year and the years after that. And so we need to raise about 40 grand. Uh, we want to build the uh, dorm in, on Sumba, which is $40,000 alone. And we've raised a good chunk of money, but, uh, you know, that's just part of it. We also want to help build the church in Albania, and that's going to take a lot of money. Uh, we want to continue to do work uh, in Iswatini and Cuba and with medical missions and, and so on, getting ready to start a new work in Portugal. So 40 isn't going to cover it all, but it's a good, good start. Maybe God's blessed you in a financial way. Maybe you've been thinking about how can I be used as a blessing uh, to give financial resources. Those are just a couple ideas. We're also praying that 40 people will join us for our uh, all-church prayer meeting on Wednesday nights just before the evening classes. So that's uh, uh, 5.30 every single Wednesday night. Not an ideal time if you're working downtown Seattle, but for those that can make it, we'd love for you to come be a part of that. We have 40 other groups that are uh, all involved in prayer. Every small home group, every Bible class is involved in prayer. So there are a lot of different ways to pray if this doesn't work for you. But we'd really love to see 40 out every Wednesday night right here in the worship center, 5.30 to 6.30. Hope you can join us. We're going to be praying for missions. We're going to be praying for BCC. We're going to be praying for your families. We're going to be praying for special needs that are emailed or texted in. And we want you to be a part of that if you can. 
I'm hoping that 40 brand new people uh, will uh, attend and become a part of our church after Friend Day. We're wanting to reach out to 40 more youth and 40 more children. Our teams are working hard on that. We're wanting to develop 40 uh, relationships with 40 families through the BCC in addition to those that we are already working with. 40 more uh, in adult classes, 40 more specifically in our discipleship diamond classes. 40 people reaching out to people that are far from God and 40 being reached. 40 Christ commitments, 40 baptisms. We'd like to have 40 more people park at the Catholic Church across the street. Turn to your neighbor and say, that is a really odd goal. Would you go ahead and do that? Uh, I know you're thinking it, but, but the reality is with our present service schedule, you know, one service, multiple, uh, one time, multiple services, you know, we're kind of cramming everybody into our too small of a lot. Uh, the Catholic Church has been so kind to let us use their parking lot, uh, but we just need a few more people to park over there. So if you're ambulatory, if you can walk a little ways, if you want to get a head start on your, your steps for the day, park across the street, walk over. You know, you might meet a long-lost relative parking over there. You never know. Uh, but we really would love for you to consider that as we make more room here in the lot for those that uh, might need it. And then 40% more effective in team building. And that might be a little harder to measure. We're still thinking about that. But we need more teams, and we want more people on the teams. And this is a great time for me to say, God has gifted you for ministry, and he wants to use you. He's blessed you to be a blessing. And so you've been sitting back saying, well, there's other people taking care of everything. No, the question is more focused on you. It's all about you in this sense. How does God want to use you this fall? Where can you step up and make a difference? The bottom line is God wants us all to maximize these next 40 days. Let me close with a verse. Acts 10 verse what? 40. Whoa, there's a theme here today. This is the why. This is why we do what we do. But God raised him up from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. Everything we do here at BCA, we want it to be about Jesus. Amen? We want Jesus to be seen. We want him to be lifted high. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto who? Me. Unto me. And so all of the ministries and all the vision is all about glorifying Jesus Christ. So... Kind of summarize that first point. What is God saying to you? What is God's vision for you spiritually with regard to your family, growth in your faith? What is God saying to you about this fall? I shared some things that I want to encourage you to be a part of in helping support your church, supporting your, this is your church. This is the ministry God has allowed you to be a part of, led you to, and God wants to use you in a phenomenal way to move his mission forward. And I've just shared a few ways that you could really make that happen. The second thing I want you to think about here is transformation. Where and how will I grow? Where and how will I grow? You know, the Bible uses a variety of verses to describe the same thing. Transformation, discipleship, followership, Christian maturity, uh, growing in faith. All of those are talking about me becoming more and more like Jesus and really living, loving, and leading more and more like Jesus. That's really how it happens. As we become more like Christ, we will live, love, and lead more like Christ. And that's our goal. That's a vision of our church. Our mission is to fill the great commission and the great commandment like we've talked so much about. But our vision is to represent Jesus clearly. I mean, I ask ourselves the question, uh, and I want to ask you, uh, invite you to ask yourself the question, am I giving a clear picture to others who don't know Jesus of who Jesus really is? We want to live and love and lead like Jesus so more and more people 
will come to know him. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, it says, and Jesus is the one giving this proclamation, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teaching them to obey. We just started here this morning, uh, 15 uh, brand new classes that are all about this verse, teaching people to obey. On Sundays, we have three classes. On Wednesday, there'll be nine classes, more on Thursday, more on Saturday. Uh, just a great opportunity. Colossians 1.28 says, He is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so we present everyone mature in Christ. The importance of classes in teaching and training is to grow in discipleship and followership and transformation. Teaching them to obey so that you can present everyone mature in Jesus Christ. I heard a story about a gentleman in our church family who grew up without much food. Uh, really wasn't a whole lot of food. Mom and dad didn't do a good job of providing that. And so as he got married and was raising a family of his own, he would train his kids, alluding to his story, and say, listen, I've worked hard to provide the food. Your mom's worked hard to prepare the food. I want you to eat what's set before you with gratitude. I didn't have any food. In a real way, I want you to see all of these classes and community groups as opportunities to feed your soul. And I want to encourage you to Take advantage of this opportunity. You say, well, I don't have any time. Well, nobody has time. But we seem to do the things that are a priority to us. And I want to challenge you to make growth, Christian growth, faith growth, a priority. Yeah, you can take classes online. You can do a lot of other things. But we just really feel strongly, as your church, we want to set the table and encourage you to partake. Look on the website. Study those classes see what might work for you. 15 different classes and over 20 groups will be started. This is the QR code for the classes. Last week we handed out this discipleship uh, piece on the front and back, uh, adults, children, and youth, just all sorts of things happening. And uh, I just want you to be a part of that. And we also have introduced the discipleship diamond. These are core classes with four classes at every base that really serve as almost a mini Bible school. We hope that you'll study that and take, uh, participate in it. Final thought on this transformation is, I want to challenge all of us to live our very best life. And our very best life is to be the people God has called us to be. To have the best marriages, to have the best family relationships, to do the best job we can with our temple and our finances, uh, our witness, our testimony, to live our very best life. And what's key for that to happen is for us to continue to grow strong in Jesus Christ. So anchor deep. Be a lifelong learner. Continue to take classes. Well, I've done all that before. I encourage you to keep it up. Keep it up. Keep growing. Keep growing. Keep growing. Keep learning. Keep learning. One of our largest classes at this church for a long, long time is attended by people who have walked with Christ for many, many years, 50, 60 years. And they know the importance of continuing to study and grow so that they can become more like Christ. The final thing that I want to share with us is think encouragement. And we started talking about this last week. 
And I want to end this here with a growing crescendo. Who is it that God wants you to encourage and bless? Who is it God's laid on your heart? The truth is there are three things that every single one of us need. And the first one is we need a community of care. The Bible says in Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. And then Paul says in Galatians 6, carry each other's burdens and in, so, and in such doing fulfill the law of Christ. Last week I talked about pre-wiring our lives for those eventualities in lives where, where life is hard and tough and trouble comes and difficulty comes. Storms of life are going to be there, and we're going to go through challenging times. Being a Christian doesn't preclude us from that, right? Amen? Uh, we're going to go through those things. And so are we prepared? Are we anchored in Christ? Do we have a loving community around us to help us walk through that? And I want to encourage you to become a part uh, of a small group or a, a Bible study class, people that know you, you know them, and where you can do life together. A uh, young couple in our church... Uh, experienced a real difficult time in their life a few years ago. And uh, Cheryl was sharing in one of our classes about the importance of community. I said, Cheryl, would you and Rocky tell your story uh, one more time for our congregation? So many of, uh, of our people have not heard that story. And it's just a profound, profound encouragement to really anchor deep in community and, and, and become a part of God's church, God's family in an intimate and growing way. And she said, sure, we will. Would you watch the screen as Cheryl and Rocky tell their story? So one thing that I've done really well for years is uh, keep my concerns and keep my worries to myself and not bother other people with it. Um, I think a lot of us in the church do that. We, a lot of us don't lean on others uh, for support or, frankly, lean on the Lord for support. Uh, several years ago, our second-born son, Sawyer, was diagnosed with a disease called HLH when he was eight weeks old. Uh, he had to have a bone marrow transplant, and um, it was a very hard time in our family, a hard time on Sawyer. Uh, I remember a certain night trying to bounce him to sleep, and he was crying all night, and I thought that that was the night I was going to lose Sawyer. But... Uh, through a uh, lot of prayer and through a lot of support from our church. Uh, Sawyer is now doing well um, after his bone marrow transplant and is succeeding. Another thing that happened in uh, during our time at BCA is my dad was diagnosed with glioblastoma and then ended up passing a year and a half later. Um, and doing during both those seasons um, when we were so low and um, life was really hard. Uh, BCA stepped up and our community at BCA stepped up. I had so many questions and I was sitting at the floor in my living room and our community group is who surrounded me and just prayed. If you're struggling to feel connected um, at the church and feel like you don't have your people, um, I would suggest um, coming to the community events, going to the Explore BCA class, signing up to serve. All these little ways help you to then build connections with more people. And the more people you get to know, the more community you're going to feel. I just want to really encourage you guys all to take the next, next step to get connected. You never know when something's going to happen where you're going to need the community. You're going to... Um, 
be relying on other people. And we want to be here for you. We want to know about it and to pray for you. So take the next step, even if that's just filling out the connection card right now, letting us know who you are, because we want to know. We want to know your requests and we want to be able to pray for you. But just start with the initial thing of letting us know you're here and something that we can pray for you about. Do you say thank you for uh, Cheryl and Rocky sharing that story? Very touching. She was sharing that in a class here uh, during the summer, and uh, she started to tear up telling the story. I started to tear up telling the story. And I told the class, I said, uh, there'll be two sermons today. I'm going to be bringing one a little later, but the one you just heard is by far the best one you'll hear today. And I say that again here today. Cheryl leads our community engagement initiatives here at the church. You'll see her in the Connection Center. I'd encourage you to drop by. She would love to help you find ways to engage in community and be a part of what's happening here at BCA. You know, I just want you to ask yourself, do I have a community of care around me? And some of you will say, well, yeah, I've got a really strong family. I want to challenge you to think outside your family because a lot of people don't have that blessing. They don't have a godly, faith-filled family. And they need people like you and me to step into their life. And so when we talk about encouraging one more, who's one more person outside of your immediate family? Of course, you need to encourage your family. That goes without saying, absolutely, job one. But, but how about beyond that? How might God use you in a special way? And if you're newer to BCA and kind of looking to plug in, join a class, get into a group, uh, lead one, host one, plug into one. The second thing we need is a circle of encouragement. The Bible says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. You know, this whole idea of encouragement is just so, so important. I remember sharing, uh, I don't know, was it a couple years ago, the story about geese flying in formation? Uh, you know, we've all read about you know, how they're flying in the V and you know, it, you know, just that formation allows them to draft behind each other. When the one in the front gets tired, they rotate to the back and the other one goes up. If one gets injured or sick, they go down uh, to the ground and, and a couple will fly down with them and kind of nurse them back to health until they either die or, or get better and then they kind of take to, to flight again. You know, the funny thing that I shared back then is, uh, uh, you know, those are, uh, you know, flying in, in V formation that are a little further back uh, uh, in the V will often, to encourage the ones up front to keep going, honk at them. Honk, honk, you know. And uh, I remember getting a couple emails uh, later that week, I just thought of it here this week, that, uh, you know, from a few people in our church saying, hey, Rob, great job, love this, thanks for this. Appreciate that. And then they signed it, not with their name, but they signed it, honk, honk. We all need people in our life who honk at us, if I can put it that way. We need people who are encouraging. Life is full of discouragers, negativity, criticism. You see it everywhere. You need, I need, we all need to have a circle of encouragement. People around us that we know that are in our corner and will help us every step of the way. You know, uh, in addition to uh, many others, one of the uh, individuals that is one of my greatest encouragers is this individual you see on the screen next here. Yeah, Rex. Now, how many are proud dog owners? Let me see your hand out there. So you know what I'm about to say. When I come home, Rex is on cloud nine. It's as if we just won the Super Bowl. 
He is jumping and barking and yelling and screaming and daddy's home, daddy's home. This is the greatest day, the greatest day. And it's just, you know, it makes me smile every time. Just, you know, he's so loving and lovable. You know, I, I heard a person, uh, uh, you know, share a video here a while ago saying, you know, um, for every year of our lives, it's like seven years for a dog. He was trying to make sense out of a dog's life. And, and he made this point, and I thought it was, you know, really kind of a powerful metaphor to think about. He said, they're always so encouraging, so happy, so exciting. And, of course, I was reliving what I just shared with you about Rex. And he said, you know, they, they just seem to know that life isn't all that long, so they want to maximize every single day. And then there was some tagline, and I forget what it was exactly, but something like, wouldn't it be great if we were that way? And... You know, I, I wonder what it would take for you and me to become better encouragers of other people. I wonder if there's one person God wants us to encourage specifically. How can we encourage one more? The third thing we all need is a cadre of prayer, and I close with this. The Bible says in Ephesians 6:18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. You and I need people around us, and we need to be the people around others who offer prayer support. The way we do prayer intentionally here at our church is we have over 40 groups, as I've described already, and each of them, you know, really brave their group presence in, and, and people in prayer. We're also starting this Wednesday night as our first uh, all-church prayer meeting with a new prayer group, 5.30, every Wednesday night, right here in the worship center. And those of you that have a heart for that, really want to invite you to come be a part of it. And, uh, you know, uh, I've encouraged our uh, pastors to uh, teach for about 7 to 14 minutes. That's the maximum, 7 to 14 minutes on prayer, and then the rest of it's going to be a time of prayer, kind of a prayer lab, so mostly a prayer time. You say, why did you pick 714? Well, because, as some of you are guessing, because of Chronicles 714. You remember that great scripture? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sin. Then will I heal their land. So we put a trap door right here, and if any of our pastors go over 14 minutes, boom! They're dropped into an abyss for 14 minutes of total darkness. Uh, and that includes me, so I'll have to make sure I stay under that. But come out if you can. You'll be a great encouragement to those who can. One of the life verses for me on prayer is the one found in Luke 18.1. Then Jesus taught his disciples a parable so that they would always pray and never give up. How is your prayer life? Who are you praying for? There's people in your life that need you to pray. You need people in your life who will pray. Pre-wire your life and get around a group of people that pray and will pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I pray that you'll just continue to speak to us in a profound way here today. We've talked about vision, thinking about vision. What, what is God's vision for our life this fall? Where does he want to use us? Uh, how does he want us to be a blessing to our church? Uh, how does he want us to use our gifts and abilities? Uh, what are the things I'm praying and thinking about uh, in my marriage, my family, my children, my finances, my faith? We've been asking God and talking, Lord, about our vision for the fall. 
We've shared a lot about our church, and I pray, God, you'll bring each and every one of those to fruition. But I also pray, Lord, for each and every one of us as individuals that we'll seize the moment. We'll take advantage of this opportunity to really step up and step out in faith with the Lord. So friends, would you just think about it for a quick moment right now? What has the Lord impressed upon you, either before today or even today, right here, right now? Where is it you need to step up and, and show up and, and, and go up and grow up? What, what is God saying to you in the area of, of how he wants you to move forward in your faith, in your life, in your ministry, in your service? Think specifically. Think intentionally. Write it down. Make it a matter of prayer. Not a wish list, but a prayer list. Not a wish number, but a faith number. How about transformation? Where does the Lord want you to grow to become a more faithful follower of Jesus Christ? Maybe you need to grow in your relationships. Maybe you need to grow in, in certain habits. Maybe you need to grow in, in uh, you know, your overall faith and becoming more like Christ. Maybe you need to focus more on your spiritual core and really become the person he wants you to be. He is the vine. We are the branches. Maybe he wants you to hook into the vine through prayer and the study of God's word more faithfully. Maybe he wants you to start or lead a class. Maybe he wants you to start or lead a group. Transformation, followership. It's what living, loving, and leading is all about. Think encouragement. In a world that is negative and critical, how does God want to use you, you, make it personal, you, an encourager of others? Those that are flying in V formation where you honk and encourage and boost them along. How does God want to use you humbly, selflessly to bless others? You may be here and you may say, Pastor Rob, this all sounds wonderful and good, but the reality is I need to get to something more basic. I have never really committed my life to Jesus. And I want to become a Christian. Or maybe you're here and you've been a Christian, but you know, you've kind of let that lapse a bit. You haven't been too focused on it. Today you want to rededicate your life. Dedicate or rededicate your life to Christ. Would you do that right here and right now? Just simply pray, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I want to follow you. Lord, I want to be serious right here, right now, about putting you first in my life. I want to become a Christian. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. With every head bowed and eye closed, how many would raise your hand? Say, I'm just taking a step here. I'm, I'm, I'm lifting my hand to the Lord. I want to put Christ first in my life. I want to dedicate or rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and hold it there for just a moment, all over this place, in the balcony, here on the main floor. I want to dedicate, I want to rededicate my life to Christ. God bless you. Maybe you're here, like the lady I talked to this morning, saying, you know, I've never been water baptized. I've never taken that step of faith, but I plan to do it next Sunday. Is that you? Is that maybe one of the steps the Lord wants you to take in your followership and discipleship? Hey, I want to be water baptized. Before you leave today, fill out that connection card. Drop it in the black box as you leave. Hey, today I prayed, come into my life to Christ. Or, hey, today I decided I want to be water baptized next Sunday.
Lord, I pray your blessing on our entire church family. This is such an incredible opportunity to fall, Lord, and we want to maximize it. Lord, we've been working so hard all summer long to get ready for an extraordinary, extraordinary fall. And we can't, just can't wait every Sunday, every Wednesday, but literally every day of preparation, planning, and prayer to really move the ball forward in the mission, the vision of BCA. God, may we as a church family come together collectively to work together, to pray together, to grow together, to serve together, to make a difference together for God and for good. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's stand to our feet, shall we? I'm going to invite our prayer team to come to the front. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you'd like to commit your life to Christ, or, or maybe there's a matter that you'd really like to have someone pray with you about. We're going to have our online pastor and our traditions pastors close those services. But in this service here, we're going to sing a final song, and then we'll be dismissed. God bless you.